Hello and welcome to Power Through Healing, the podcast created to support your inner evolution. I'm your host, Amanda Thomas. And if you are like me and obsessed with knowing yourself better, knowing yourself on a deeper level, then you are in for such a treat today because I sat down with Leah McLeod, who is a human design expert. And Leah thoroughly explains what human design is and how understanding yourself on this deeper level will help you live with strategy and authority and the awesome benefits of creating from this energy. So human design is just another tool, another resource to help you live life more fully and to share yourself in the most confident and authentic way possible. And before you even jump into the interview, I would highly recommend pausing this and going to Leah's website to get your unique design and energy type because I want you to really be able to sit with this interview and your curiosity will definitely be sparked when you're listening and you're wondering, well, well, what design am I? And I wonder if that's me. And so it's really simple. You just put in your date of birth, your time of birth, your birthplace, and maybe a couple other little things I can't remember, but it's very quick. And I think that it will help let this interview resonate a little bit more with you and help you to take out what you really need in order to start to show up from an even greater sense of power and creativity. So I do hope that you can listen to this interview in a place where you won't be so distracted, where you can really take in the information and the content. And as always, I do love hearing your feedback, your takeaways. So please share those with me, whether it be on Instagram or via email. And so without further ado, let's dive right in. So Leah, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk all about human design and get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited to be here and and share with your community about human design and and talk about, you know, a little bit into your human design and, and just kind of talk about my journey with it. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Yeah, absolutely. So I am obsessed with anything that helps me know myself better and anything that can help us just stand more in our power and our creativity. And so very recently, I would say within like the past few months, I've started seeing a lot of information and ads and Instagram accounts and everything on human design. And so I don't know very much at all about it. I, I did my chart and I, I have, you have that information. So maybe you can help me decipher a little bit about what all of this means. But first, before we even talk about human design, I would love to just know a little bit about you and your healing journey and how you've gotten into this position where you're helping read others and let them kind of stand in that authority of their own. Yeah. So my journey with human design began in 2018. And at that time I was living a very different life than I am right now. I was working in, you know, the corporate America, um, sort of worlds kind of climbing that corporate ladder. And I've always just like you been into all of the different modalities of ways that you can learn more about yourself and help yourself and all of that good stuff. So I had spent quite a bit of time learning a lot about, um, just who I was. And I was in this like place of going through, um, sort of like this breakup and so kind of like had a moment where it was like, all right, I just need to like figure it out. I'd graduated college. I was working this job and my friends had moved away. And so it was a lot of like, just feeling very lost in where I was in life and where I was going. And I decided to, or, or I actually, human design sort of found me. Um, I always joke that it like kind of finds people when they, they need it. And so maybe this is like your moment where it found you yes. scrolling through Instagram, but I had, uh, yeah, I basically just, I learned about human design 2018. Actually, this is in 2019 when it sort of, um, I was sort of like in this place in my life and I, human design ended up finding me at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 again. And I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, there's this thing. I remember looking this up and learning about it actually through a podcast and as I was learning um, more about myself, I decided to book a reading and I just totally, completely fell in love with it. Um, the girl that I ended up doing a reading with, I told her like I wanted to do it. I wanted to like learn how to read charts and it was something that I was super excited about. So I just essentially immersed myself in learning everything that I could about human design. And so that said, like my journey, I would say of healing would be in healing for me. 
um, I would say is more about like healing my energy than anything, less about, you know, I've never been someone that's healed from diseases or anything in my, in my body, but I will say a lot of what I was experiencing prior to stepping into my power within using human design. And, you know, I happen to do human design now too, was, um, the fact that I was like experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of like panic disorder and, and stress. And, um, even last year I had some depression come up and, I think what it came down to is that like when I started learning about human design, I was really excited about this thing and I found something that I love to do, but I wasn't actually listening to my intuition, which human design kind of teaches us how to do that. And my intuition was actually telling me to leave the life that I was living, like the job that I was in and follow doing human design, essentially start helping people. And, you know, those of you listening that are like, what the hell is human design? Like I haven't even actually like talked about what it is. Human design is this tool for um, high performance. It's a self-knowledge system and it helps people to understand themselves at an energetic level. And it's based on the time that we're born. So you can go to my website, the design of you.com. You can grab your chart there. And essentially it's like this blueprint that like looks at your energy and it's a combination of a bunch of different modalities and even science. And it tells you, you know, where your intuition lies, how you can make decisions, where you are susceptible to being um, conditioned by the world around you. Um, it can also tell you what your strengths and weaknesses are, what gifts you carry, even like what your energetic purpose is in the world. And so a lot of what I do now is help people kind of learn their human design to be able to live a life of just authentic to who they are and to decondition all of the things that make us um, who we're not and, and even sick. And so from that, we all sort of like become better people. And, and, you know, so in my case, it's funny because like, it's like my journey is actually with human design. That's been the number one thing that's helped me. And then I just happened to do human design. That's what it led me to. But I've seen human design lead people to starting their own businesses or leaving positions that um, weren't suitable for them or moving to new cities that were more in alignment to their energy and and different things like that. Right. It encompasses so much. And that's why I just got so excited about it, I think, because it was really specific in, and I haven't even barely scratched the surface of it yet. And so it even told you, you know, your digestion type and your environment where you might thrive. And, and I just thought that was so interesting. And so, especially when I saw that it took it, took into account, like where you were born and what time and all of that. So is there, is astrology a part of this or is that not a major factor? Or I know it mix, kind of mixes that beautiful blend of, like you said, science and kind of mysticism, I feel like. And I love that. Yeah, I love it too. It, it's kind of like this bridge between like the woo-woo world and the science. Um, and so that's why I really liked it because just myself, like I've always been really into alternative healing modalities and, and even like seeing, you know, psychics and mediums and all of that. And like, that's not really a part of human design, but I've always loved that world. Mm-hmm. Um, astrology, I always say is the gateway drug to human design. And, you know, and then I loved it because it felt really grounded and practical. And then it had like this, these legs on it that felt like, oh, this is very true in a lot of ways. But so astrology is a part of human design. So it's this umbrella that encompasses a bunch of different modalities. So astrology being one of them, the chakra system. So if anyone listening is familiar with yoga and how like the different energy centers work, that's also involved in human design. Um, the Chinese I Ching and the Kabbalah are all kind of intertwined. And then genetics, quantum physics, and even just basic science and astronomy are all sort of um, kind of blended within the system. And so there's a lot of layers. Right. <laughs> it's like an onion. Um, so each there's different layers of how different things work together, but it draws on astrology and astronomy and the fact that like where planets are at certain times, it draws on that and it does bring in the different like planetary symbols. Um, and the zodiac signs are kind of a layer underneath some of the gates, not necessary to kind of like what you need to know when you do a reading though. The chakra system is involved within each of the energy centers within the body graph. So when you look yours up, your human design chart is called the body graph. So all of the different shapes, those match to a chakra system. You'll find that um, there are actually nine centers within human design versus like the traditional seven. And then all of the different numbers there, there are 64 gates in human design and those match the 64 codones within the genetic human body. 
And the gates are just essentially your gifts. And those link with the um, different elements. They're within the energy centers. Each of the 64 gates or gifts also have um, a zodiac sign attached to it. So there's like all these different wow. ways that it's all right. sort of like blended together. Right. And, um, and then, yeah, and then just basic science and law of quantum physics and different the different laws that fall under quantum physics, those are kind of entwined into the the practice of human design and how we use the different tools within the system. So being your most aligned self and your most aligned frequency and how that attracts the right things to you. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So I mean that's like overwhelming with how much information there is involved with it. And so I think it's it's so awesome that you have learned how to really read this and fine tune that and help others to translate it for their lives. So I think that's incredible. And I, if I'm, if I'm correct, then once you start to identify those gates, those gifts that you have within you, then that's helping you to step into or to create a strategy for your life. From what I'm understanding, there's a strategy and an authority. And when you have when you're operating from that strategy and authority, you're in alignment, right? So that makes yeah. that correct? Exactly. And so, okay, so like once you look up your chart, you'll see everyone has an energy type. And so there are five. So, um, you know, Amanda's a generator. I'm also a generator. We're actually the most common types. And then manifesting generators are also very common. That would be the next one. And then it goes to projectors, which are about 22% of the population. And then manifestors, which are about 3 to 5% of the population. And then reflectors, which are about 1% of the population. And so each person has like their own sort of energy type. And when you learn about your energy type, you learn how to strategically use that energy. And this is something called your strategy. And you're absolutely correct. Like this can be very overwhelming. So I will try to break this down. One of my passions is being able to make human design very digestible, mm -hmm. practical, and really make it this tool that like other people can use effectively um, without the language being so dogmatic. And so essentially all of these energy types, they all have this strategy, like how can you use this energy to strategically bring you the most aligned opportunities? So it, it has like sort of this way that it operates in the world. So for, you know, Amanda, you and I, we are supposed to respond to life. Essentially generators, they are just magnetic, radiant human beings and they're constantly pulling things towards them to respond to. And so it's a matter of just responding to the things that are around you versus forcing so much or initiating and trying to try so hard. It's just a matter of like, what am I going to respond to that's just right here in this moment? And so this can be a thought, an idea, or it can be a physical thing like, you know, oh, I might need to like clean up my office, for example. Like there's, we're constantly responding to things. And when we use our intuition, which is that word called authority in human design, it's called authority because it has like, has the authority, has the power. Right. Um, think of authority figures like this is this is your authority and so really human design is a lot of times about bringing the power back to you bringing the authority to yourself versus the other people or your parents or society and so when we are if we're constantly attracting as a generator if we're constantly attracting things for us to respond to we have to make sure that we respond to things based on what our intuition is saying and so for for me I have what we call like um, sacral authority, which means you just have a really strong gut. So it's trust your gut intuition. And that's, that's kind of like how I meant to operate. You as well have a strong gut, but you have um, what we would call emotional authority, which means that your emotions are actually where when you tune into your emotions, that's where you can tune into your intuition. So how this works for you is it's all about waiting for clarity. So it's about riding an emotional wave and tuning into how you're feeling and making sure that you're not making decisions from a, an emotionally high place or emotionally low place. You're really just making a decision from where you, where you feel like you've gained some clarity. So your intuition is all about waiting for clarity. Mm -hmm. That's your superpower. And so that tied with that response, it's like, okay, so if I have something I want to go and do, let me give me, let me give myself some time and um, allow myself to feel into my emotions and then decide once I feel like I have that emotional neutrality or, or clarity. Sure. And I can feel that. And that, that makes total sense because anytime that I'm trying to force anything in my life or anytime I'm letting external influences take over or, you know, start to give me too much pressure, I get in full resistance mode. I, I shut down. I, I just, I don't take any action. As soon as I start to feel that there's any kind of disconnect, I have to make sure that I just take the time to 
like you said, make, have it make sense for me. If something doesn't make sense, if I don't understand it, I, I pass on it until it does. I love that. That's so supportive for you because if you didn't, so the sign that you were in alignment for all generators listening, it's satisfaction. So the more that you feel satisfied, the more that that's the indication that you are in alignment. And so every time that you were responding, not forcing things, not pushing things and really listening to your intuition, which is just waiting for um, that clarity. And, and you do have a strong gut as well, but your gut doesn't kick in until you've waited for that clarity. So once you've kind of used that tool, that will always lead you to feeling satisfied. And every time you don't do that, you're going to feel frustrated or even like stuck. So that is sort of like how you operate. And just to give everyone some insight into the other types. So manifesting generators actually operate very similarly to generators where they're also meant to respond to things, but they also are able to initiate a little bit more because of the fact that they have this manifestor piece in them. They're kind of like a hybrid um, and it's really important that they just let people know like where they're going and and what they what they want to respond to and kind of what they what they're excited about. And their authority, anyone can have a different type of authority. So I'll actually go through those afterwards. So then the other type is projectors, as we mentioned. And projectors are they're people that are meant to really wait for invitations or wait for recognition. So projectors are extremely brilliant. They're our natural guides, our natural seers. They are people who um, are really good at devising systems, and it's really important that they wait for people to recognize that in them before they sort of just kind of project. So the words are kind of make sense. So they project onto other people. They have a very penetrating aura, and so it's important that they just wait to be recognized because they're all the things that they've learned and, and seen since they're like kind of our seers it lands so much deeper when they wait for someone to really recognize something in them. So what this can look like in practical terms is like people really saying something like, you know, Hey, can you tell me more about this? Or I saw that you were doing this. I would love to learn more. Or I always even joke like a compliment, like, Oh my gosh, I love your shirt. Where did you get that? And so this allows them to be like seen and recognized. Um, even in like modern terms, like social media, like if you're a projector and you have someone following you or subscribing or liking things on your page, like that can be really helpful in terms of, you know, waiting for that recognition because it feels like someone's actually like seeing something that you have going on. Mm -hmm. And then manifestors, they're really meant to just initiate and form. So they, they get like impulses from the universe, ideas to do things. And it's important that they um, sort of like go after these things, obviously bringing that intuition with them. And once they decide what they want to do next, it's important that they just inform people. Theirs is all about like wanting to just let people in on their ideas, not to stop them, but really to just set themselves up for success. And reflectors, finally, they are um, really meant to give themselves a lot of time and be in the right environments and spaces to feel through things. And um, they're really meant to wait like 30 days, um, a full lunar cycle, essentially to make decisions. Like that's the, that's how they can strategize the best. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And, and I already, I'm thinking how we just live in a world where we can't always be catered to. Like, do you feel like these, these types, these, you know, designs, sometimes we just have conflict because of the world that we're in where I know, when, when you just were talking about reflectors, like we often don't have 30 days to just sit with something and let it just resonate. And even for, like you said, with a generator, I, I need time, but then I start to be hard on myself or I might criticize myself for why do I need that much time to really analyze all of this? Why can't I just take action right away? And so there's so many different types and, and it can be so, I guess, just frustrating when we can't be in a world that fully supports those designs always. Does that, do you get that a lot with clients or? Yeah, I mean, that's the hardest thing. So one of the biggest themes in human design is conditioning, which essentially says like, you know, we're conditioned by so many things. Our parents, our schools, our society, our friends, our, I mean, culture, everything. We're conditioned to be certain ways. And, you know, even looking at the way like societally things are structured, like we're supposed to, you know, go to school every day at a certain time and learn the same way. And, you know, then we're supposed to graduate and go on to college or get this job. And, you know, there's like all of these like systems that are in place that really aren't supportive for everyone. And so it can be very hard where we're like, we're living in this world where we're like, 
not able to tap into our intuition as easily. So, you know, when you say things about it being challenging to have to like wait to make decisions, it can be hard because like we live in a world that's saying like, you got to make things fast. You got to do things as fast. You have to hustle. You have to, you know, work hard. And, you know, that's just conditioning from everything else. So the challenge is, is human design is all about how can I recognize like where I'm susceptible to being conditioned by these things? And how can I just get back to being who I am and true to me? So, you know, for you, yeah, it can be like waiting to make decisions. And I, and I want to also clarify that it's not every single decision. It's just some. So sometimes you may feel that emotional, like neutrality, or like you may feel you have clarity in the moment. Um, but know that like, if you give yourself some time, it can be supportive and also by giving yourself some time, it doesn't mean to think over things. It doesn't mean to get inside your head. That is actually what I never want you to do. No one's authority. No one's intuition is in their mind. Um, our minds are, are like one of the worst places to make decisions. And I know that that feels like some people listening are going to be like, that's absolutely not true. Like you have to be smart. You have to think smart. And it's like, no, we're actually just very intuitive beings. We're all very like, we're energetic beings are made of energy. And you, if anyone listening, regardless if you're skeptical of how this works or anything, like I know that there is something in your life that you made a decision that never, that didn't make sense to anyone else. didn't even make sense to you, but it felt right. And it led you to the right thing. Mm-hmm. We can make decisions from that place all the time. Like that's, that would be the ideal. And so human design kind of teaches us to do that. And it can be scary at first, but then once you make one decision where you listen to your intuition, um, and it led to something great, then it's like, okay, I want to keep doing this. And it allows you to kind of open the door to just becoming closer to yourself. And so, yeah, it can be a challenge when working with people and kind of allowing them to trust themselves in that way, but it's really an experiment. And, um, you know, that's the other thing, human design is not a belief system. Like, it's just like, here's a tool to use. Here's the information about it and just play with it and see if it works for you. I mean, I'll tell you, I've never worked with someone where it didn't work, but it, um, but it is, you know, you have to be willing to kind of like play around and, and go on your own journey and see like how it shows up in your life. Right. I, assu- I, I assume it would be just how deeply do you want to incorporate it into your life and, and how you're operating. And I think I get anxious when I'm being told that, and, and I fully believe this, and I know that this is true, that our intuition and we have to trust our gut and, and most of our life will resonate better when we operate from a place of the body and responding from what our body is telling us. And so I get anxious though, because I don't feel like I am good at tapping into my body. I don't feel like I was reading where they were saying that you're your sacral will start to make noises and you follow the noise or the sounds or whatever it might be in your body. And I'm like, I don't ever hear sounds like unless I'm hungry or I don't know. And so (laughs) I I was kind of getting really anxious because I'm like, how do I begin to listen to my body? So, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles with that because we do, we do, we are taught and programmed from very, you know, from birth to use our mind. And even though it's really important to have control over your mind and have that right mindset and do those shifts, we have to start operating from that place of the body as well. So what are some ways that we can start to trust our body more and to listen and and operate from that? Yeah. So, okay. So many things. Um, You're not alone. And I also want to send, just put a disclaimer out there that there is no one that does this perfectly. Like I do human design and I can tell you so many times that I don't do this perfectly myself. Um, So you're, you're not wrong in just saying like, how do I do this? And the sound thing that um, is not as literal as maybe someone is saying it that way. So what they're saying is like, since I talked about generators being so magnetic, they're constantly pulling things for them to respond to. And sometimes your body will literally be like, oh yeah, I want to go do that. Or, mm-hmm, or it'll just start to like, you'll just start to say things. It's literally just about using your voice. Okay. Um, So sometimes it can be a sound. It doesn't always have to be. It's like, you can think of those moments when someone's like, oh, hey, like, do you want for this for dinner? And it's like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, that sounds so good. Like you have those moments, like that's, that's you just responding instantly with something that felt good for you. Yeah. Um, or it's like, no, like I don't, like that sounds disgusting to me, which I, there's probably more examples you can think of where you're like, nope, that's not for me. <laughs> so when people talk about their body making sounds or movements, like that's usually what they mean, you know, and as a generator, like when something's right for you, after you've waited for that clarity, it feels expansive. So it feels like your body sometimes responds as like, you feel like lit up, you're, you're like, you feel open and um, excited about it versus like when something's not for you, it's like, you might have a stomach ache or you might like, 
you have a strong gut. So like, it might be like kind of in that space. It might also make you feel like, I don't know, you might be saying things like kind of, so those are the sounds, um, or like, you're kind of like your body's kind of going inward. And it's just like, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is like right for me. And maybe your shoulders are clenching up and your body's responding in that way. So it's less about like, I don't hear things. Like, I don't know, like (laughs) what the sounds are, but it can be like, like, am I not like listening to something that's like here? No, it's just like kind of knowing that like the way that your body is reacting to situations, it's just about tuning into that. So that's what that means. And so as far as going into intuition, where I would tell people to look is look into when you look up your chart, there will be something called your signature theme and your not self theme. This is essentially um, your signature theme is a sign that you're in alignment and the not self theme is a sign that you're out of alignment. For generators, satisfaction is the sign they're in alignment. When they're out of alignment, it's frustration. For manifesting generators, it's also satisfaction, but also a little bit of peace when they're in alignment. And when they're out of alignment, it's frustration and a little bit of anger. Projectors, they feel success when they're in alignment and they feel bitterness when they're out of alignment. Manifestors feel peace when they're in alignment and they feel anger when they're out of alignment. And then finally, reflectors, they feel pleasantly surprised when they're in alignment and they feel disappointed when they're out of alignment. Mm -hmm. And so why that can be important is when I, when I work with people, I'm like tuning into their intuition Cause I talked about like, when you're always like using that, you'll always feel satisfied. So sometimes it's by saying like, you can do this as a daily practice as like every morning saying, what will satisfy me today? Um, so since you're a generator, like what, what will satisfy you and thinking about that. And then at the end of the day going, what satisfied me today? And then also like what frustrated me today and how tomorrow. And like you, as you're writing down the things that frustrated you, it's like, why? And then it's like, so tomorrow, what can I do differently? How can I tune back into just responding to things? And maybe, maybe you were forcing. And so maybe there's sort of like the checkbox, like, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do that? And then, um, you know, leaning into like, and maybe I didn't wait for clarity. Maybe I didn't give myself enough time with this decision. So that led me to feeling frustrated. And so as you start to tune into that every single day, that can help you um, tap into how you're doing this correctly and help you kind of like flex that muscle a little bit. Cause it really is a muscle. It's just meant yeah. to be practiced and experimented with. Right. And so I say that for all the other types too, like, you know, what would, what would make today successful for a projector and what was successful today or what made me feel bitter for manifestors? It's, you know, what brought me peace today or what would bring me peace today? And then what made me feel angry today? And then, you know, reflectors, what would surprise me today and, or what did surprise me and what disappointed me. And so, you know, you can lean into those things every single day. And that's literally like the first step I tell everyone I work with, like, do that just for a week. And I just want you to like notice and like subconsciously going into like our subconscious mind, which I'm like very passionate about that work is like, okay, so then how now, if I practice this all the time, it starts to become habit. And I don't even have to think about it. And so it's like, I naturally know when my body is attuned to things that make me feel good versus bad. So I know when I'm in alignment, when I'm out of alignment. And so it just happens a lot quicker. Right. This is, this is so fascinating because I'm all about trying to help others find the right tools and techniques that work for them when it comes to their healing journey. And so I feel like human design is just such an awesome roadmap. And then I'm glad that you just brought up, well, then you have to start to work on, you know, what's in that subconscious and what's blocking you from doing this and all these different things. So that's when you could lean towards hypnotherapy or some different NLP techniques. And, and for me right now, a big one is breath work because that's helping me, you know, get into my body and to be okay with sitting with myself. And so all of these different things. So now that we know what that authority and what those, um, did you say the themes are for our life. So what's that, that theme? Major theme or not self theme. It's just a sign that right. you're not. Yeah. So once you learn that theme, then it's so much easier to say, okay, well, what was working, what's not working. And that's just so important. And again, it's the more that you can just know yourself, the easier it becomes to fix what's not working in your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The more that like, my passion is seriously just bringing people closer to themselves and getting rid of all of those things. And, and like you said, like shedding through like limiting beliefs that we have and things that are so ingrained. And when we are like talking about NLP and things like our brains are so susceptible to conditioning from the ages of zero to seven, like that's when our brain is really squishy. And um, we've got sort of like that neuroplasticity that is really susceptible to to picking up different things that are just so ingrained in us that like the older that we get, our brains become less 
they have less of that plasticity. And so it's really hard for us to change. And um, so a lot of what I'm doing is like trying to help people get to that place and like trying to remove all of those, the things that they told themselves that they should be or experiences that they've been through. And then just, like I said, bringing that power back to them and allowing them to just know themselves and be authentic to who they are. Right. I wonder how closely some of these different designs can be because I'm resonating a lot with like reflectors where you were kind of describing them so is there ever any overlap or anyone or any specific maybe designs that complement each other really well or work off of each other so that is something that happens a lot when people first learn human design and they're like I feel like I'm more of this type than the other type and and that would also be conditioning it's like you feel like a certain way and and maybe that's because like you're not as close to who you actually are. Um, I know that when I first learned human design, I was so bummed because I was a generator and I'm like, that's like the most common type. I <laughs> thought it was so different, you know, and yeah. really human design is a science of how we're all different and it's not just your type. And so, yeah, there's five categories, but there's also other things like there's your profile, um, which is essentially your personality type within human design. There's 12 different profiles. So then if you combine the 12 profiles with the different energy types, then that is a whole another slew of uh, combinations. And then there's also so many layers underneath. We're all like, I've never seen two charts that are the same. They're entirely different every single time. So when we, if we feel like we're another type, that's just a chance to learn more about yourself. And I will say the two types, well, there are some types that are similar in a lot of different ways. So like manifesting generators and generators are similar in the fact that they have um, something called our sacral center defined in them. So it's consistent. They have a consistent energy reserve. So they're like our energy beings that they're like, when we think about the word generator, it's like when the power goes out, there's a generator, like they have a consistent um, energy reserve kind of plugged in. And then the projectors and reflectors, I think are similar in a lot of ways. Um, and manifestors, they're all three of projectors, manifestors and reflectors don't have that sacral center. So they're like sort of non-energy being energy being. So they can relate in that way of not having consistent energy. And then the projectors and reflectors are sometimes similar in the fact that they absorb a lot um, and they pick up a lot of information from others. And so they operate in a similar way. And then of course, like the manifester and the manifesting generator are also similar because they're like that hybrid right. in the sense that they both get like urges and impulses to kind of um, go after things. They get like these creative bursts. So just because you're a generator or a reflector or whatever it might be, like you said, there's so many different points throughout the chart that could be similar or the same even. Is that right? Like even yeah. we could we could have the same personality points or something. If I don't yeah. know what terminology well, is, but we could have similar personality traits or whatever it might be. Yeah, because like you're a four six and that's your profile and there's 12 different combinations like I'm a five one you and I relate because we're generators so like we have that similarity but we have very different profiles Mm -hmm. um and then you know looking at your chart like you have a defined emotional center and I don't so you know like that's the difference but then you also have a defined sacral you have a defined ego and I have a defined sacral and a defined ego so like we're similar in those ways so there's a lot of ways that we can be similar but a lot of ways that we can be different just depending on where you're looking And, you know, going just a little bit into the profile, like being a four, six, the four is all about being an opportunist and someone that sees opportunity everywhere. And you're oftentimes probably like the networker, the connector. So no surprise that you bring guests onto your podcast because you just have this ability to connect with people. And then the six in you is all about being a role model, which really um, you're probably stepping into this role as you're like entering into your thirties and the older that you get, it's almost like the six kind of ages, like fine wine. And, um, they, they really like thrive after the age of 50. Um, but not to say that you can't thrive before them, but it's just right. like you better with age and you become such a role model because before the age of 30, you spend your life a lot of times like experimenting, learning hard lessons, trying to figure things out, trial and error and then the older that you get, specifically after the age of 30, when the Saturn return happens, you start to step into being more of this role model, taking a step back. Okay, you've been there, you've done that. Now it's about like integrating, learning, um, starting to observe the world. And then, you know, really after the age of 50, you really become a role model for people to learn from because it's like you've been, you've had those experiences, you've integrated those experiences. And now it's all about like showing up and being that wise sage for people. And so when we combine the two profiles, it's like just knowing that you're someone that is a networker, 
you're someone that sees sees opportunity. You're really friendly. You're kind of like the king or queen of your circle and people look up to you because you're a role model. And so that's just like kind of how your profile operates. Mm-hmm. And so just so people know, there's 12 different combinations. And so the profile is really like your role in this life and how your personality shows up. Um, how you can work with people, how you show up in relationships versus it being like how your energy just is like felt and how your aura is um, within the types. Sure. That makes perfect sense because my twenties were all about trying so many different things. I moved away at home. I moved away from home at 24. I was a comedian for a while. And then I was a manager at a a health clinic. And then I became a real estate agent. And then I was broke and living out of my car at 29. And so all of these different things. And now I'm 33. And I'm finally feeling like I am starting to put the pieces, you know, together in a way that makes sense that where I can translate it into my work and to my passion and purpose for this life. And so, um, you know, everyone that's listening knows my story and background when it comes to healing and all of that. So, so it's, it's awesome that you um, told me that I, I aged like fine wine and I'm just going to get better <laughs> with age because I feel that like in my soul, I even joke about that with my friends. I'm like, I'm just going to get better and better. Like every time it's a new year, I'm like, this is going to be the best year ever. And so mm-hmm. they always, it's always a running joke with us, but it's true because I am very much, I do see the opportunities and I am very optimistic, even though I'm very realistic. So I, I know the reality of the situation and I'm good at like knowing that and grounding myself. But I also know that even if I'm in the worst case scenario right now, it's not going to be forever. I can know that it's going to turn around at some point. And so that's become my passion project is just to help others kind of find that optimism within themselves. So I love that. And also, did you say comedian? Like I need to know. That is yeah. so cool. That, first of all, takes so much guts. Um, I'm always like, people who do that sort of work completely fascinate me because they just, I mean, that's just such a different yeah. sort of job and that takes a lot of courage and um, sure. bravery. So yeah, it was really fun for a while until you realize how hard it is and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not, I don't have it in me to try and write all the time and come up with jokes and, and do all these things. I just love watching it. And people that know me now, they're like, Oh, you still doing comedy? Like, no, it's been years and years and years. And, um, I could not possibly picture me ever doing it again. It was just something I tried out (laughs) and I had fun while I was doing it, but. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've had quite the, uh, the journey of getting to where I'm at today and, um, And so, gosh, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about, but I would love to just hear like anything else that you feel like is important that others should know when it comes to operating from this human design and letting it support you through your work and your life, your relationships. We didn't even really touch on relationships and how it can benefit those. Yeah. I mean, human design can benefit us. I mean, obviously coming home to yourself, but it can benefit you in so many other ways. Like in relationships that can be so helpful just in the fact of just having awareness of you and working through your, your crap. (laughs) And, um, you know, also like knowing your partner and knowing like what, what their chart looks like and who they are and really like helping people to tap into their gifts. So it's like, if I know that my partner is, you know, someone who has, for example, like has like, as a self-projected projector, my partner's not, but, um, just in just saying like, a self-projected projector, someone who really needs to talk things out. They need to like have someone as a sounding board when they make decisions. And so it's like allowing yourself to be that sounding board, not being annoyed when, oh my gosh, they constantly have to talk to me through every single decision. Um, it just did a, a session with someone who was, that's who she is. And then her partner is a generator. He's a sacral generator and he has uh, what we call single definition. So he makes decisions really quickly and she has to really talk things out for a while. And and just kind of like give herself some space. And it was just interesting because she was like, he was saying like, it's so irritating when you have to talk about everything. It's like, just make the decision, like get it done. And she's like, I have to though. Like I have to do it this way. I can't get there quickly like you can. And so it's like how amazing that now that they know that like, that's just a part of who they are. Mm -hmm. And that allows them to, now he can say, this is just who she is. Like, she's not being annoying and like overthinking it. She just like, this is how she has to process. And this is how her intuition operates. Right. So that can, it can be helpful. I mean, in so many layers, looking at relationship charts and, um, you know, and then moving into career, it's like, 
or even teams. Like if I knew, if I know that like this person has these strengths and these gifts and this person has these strengths and these gifts, or this person needs more time making a decision and this person can do it a lot quicker. How great is that when we're working on a project together? Mm -hmm. Um, So it can benefit teams in that way. um, Really great. Absolutely. And I think empathy is our superpower when it comes to raising the vibration of humanity. And in terms of evolution right now, that's the number one thing that we need is more empathy, more compassion with one another. And so when you're raising your children, even it's so important to learn that design for them, I assume, because then you know how to communicate with them and help them to understand the world around them in a better, in a better way. And, and it's all about each and every one of us living from our power and our authority, which is why I love this whole concept of that. And so, so being a parent, or like you said, being a boss, being a CEO, whatever it might be, or just even if you work alone, if you're an entrepreneur, just the more deeply that you can know yourself and the more that you can learn how to connect with others and to understand their types. I mean, that it's just so much is involved with this so much change can happen in our world from just operating from these different these different points mm-hmm. exactly parenting is one of the, my favorite things and I'm not a parent myself so sometimes I, I I can't embody this one as much so I have a hard time um being able to really say how amazing it is but I'll tell you what when I do sessions with newborns or parents wanting to understand their kids it's so cool because it allows them to really see their child for who they are. And, it, you know, it's really interesting is if you know, like as their babies, you can start to pick up on, oh my gosh, they do this as a kid. Kids tend to already be like living their design without trying. They don't have as much conditioning. And so it's so cool to just see them even as like babies, like manifesting generators are very curious and they, um, the way that they like pick things up and they like love to play with this next thing. Then they go to, the, and they go to this thing over there. And so it's really cool to see how, we see like the show up in children or projectors as babies are like, they like to devise systems. So they might like spend a lot of time, like trying to pull things apart. And like, maybe it's like a Rubik's cube, like trying to figure out how that works. Like, so it's really cool to kind of raise people by their design as well. Um, so it's really, it's really fun to work with. I love in that. that. Yeah. Way. Yeah. That's so cool that you can, you can do sessions with, you know, parents and their children and, and just to help bring them closer together in that way. And there's like so many questions I still have. And I, I was like, so tell me, tell me, what does a, a reading look like? So for anyone that books are reading with you, what does that kind of encom- like embody or encompass? Yeah. So you can go to my website. It's um, thedesignofyou.com. And there's an area to book a reading. You just provide your birth information. And then I do ask you a few questions like, what's your understanding of human design? Where are you like at with human design? Um, and then if there's anything in your life that you need support with. So like, if you're someone who's like, oh my gosh, like I have this kid, I just don't understand them. Um, then you maybe want to provide their information and we'll talk about that. Or, you know, like I'm struggling really bad with like my career, whatever it may be. I get lots of um, different questions there. And so when you then set up a reading, we go through your energy type. We'll talk about your strategy and authority, which is like basically like your tools um, to make decisions, your intuition. We'll talk about like um, tools and different daily practices you can um, weave into your day to start learning from that place. We'll talk about your personality and the role that you're meant to play in this life. And then we'll talk about all of the energy within your chart and the gifts. So we'll talk through like how your mind works, how you get inspiration, how you express yourself, how um, your voice operates, how you communicate. Um, how your instincts work, how much energy you have, the way you deal with pressure, the way your motivation works and the way you deal with emotions. So we'll go through all of those. And then we'll talk about, you know, all of these different gifts that can come up in your chart that also help people like to understand like what they're actually just really good at. And, um, and then we'll talk about purpose and then we'll just, the way that I work in readings is very intuitive to like what's supportive for you. So I won't talk about everything if, unless that's what you want. Um, or I'll just kind of talk about things that are going to support you and what you need right now. The most important part in a session is that you're kind of like taking this information, integrating it, understanding it, and that then you could apply it to your life. But yeah, I do. I have several readings, um, available. Like, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but if it's in November, um, and you're looking at my calendar, I still, this is November 2nd. I still have quite a few spots open this month. 
and into December and into January. So you can book with me there. Um, But that's what a session looks like. I also do couple sessions and then just like mini guidance sessions. So if you just wanted like 30 minutes, wanted some guidance, I'm happy to jump on a call and do that as well. Mm -hmm. What an awesome thing to do before the new year starts where we're all in that energy of newness and, you know, just wanting to start fresh. So that would be, I would highly recommend doing that. And, and I want to book a session with you to learn a little bit more in depth as well. I know we went over a lot today, which I am so appreciative. Um, but I will definitely be booking a session with you to yeah. learn a little bit more. And to to again, you know, I want to start that new. I'm in my wind down mode. We're recording this November 2nd. So I'm like, let me wind down. I don't want to start anything new. I just want to wrap things up and then I'm excited to um see what the new year brings. So yeah. And, you know, I will kind of give you guys an insight into a couple other projects that I have going on. So um, one of them is I used to do these things called chart summaries, which I started in just actually like they came out of the fact of when I used to do readings with people when I first got started and I was learning human design, I would put these little like, you know, things together about their chart. And so I just started being like, hey, I should... I gave them to people after readings, but sometimes people are like, can you just put one of those together? Cause I don't have time or I can't afford a session with you. So I, I'm actually, I paused them at the end of August or beginning of September, I think. And I have been rewriting them and I'm launching those um, next week and hope maybe November 9th, cause that's my birthday, but um, sometime next week. Yeah. And then I'm also, I'm going to be putting a program together, right? Or I guess I've already kind of put it together. Um, that will be a full, like, long-term coaching program about how to do all the things. So like combining NLP manifestation techniques with your human design and kind of deconditioning and all of that stuff to be the best version of yourself. So that will start in, um, I think January is what I'm aiming for. No hard date right now. I'm just kind of feeling into what seems right. And then that can help as well. So So cool. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'll make sure that all the information to stay in touch with you and contact you and all that good stuff is in the show notes. And so I, I asked this question of everyone and I love the process of human design. When it comes to healing, it's more about that process of deconditioning, which I resonate a lot with through doing hypnotherapy. And so what is the power that you personally have found through healing? Yeah. Honestly, just the, the power of knowing myself and feeling the control of in in my own life. Um, you know, I, I mentioned human design being a way that I, that I've healed, but I've also like healed a lot of other things in terms of like my health. Like I'm, I'm a very healthy person. Um, I used to have a food blog called moon girls plate. Like I eat, a lot of plants. Like I just had my celery juice. I'm drinking my matcha. I have a, yeah. I have a smoothie next to me. Like I'm very, I'm very into health and wellness and, um, in the rituals around those things. So I spend a lot of time in that space. And I, I really feel like why is because I, I actually would say my anxiety it's, I, I actually love my anxiety. I, I think for a while I hated it and it used to be something that I And I still don't, I mean, I have days where I don't love it and I don't experience it as hard as I used to, but it's because like, it's allowed me to become the best version of myself. Like it's pushed me to make really hard decisions. It's allowed me to find foods and rituals and routines that have worked for me. It's allowed me to get off birth control, get off meds and different things. And not saying those are all bad things. Like those are supportive for different people at different times than they were for me. But my healing journey has really been about like just coming back to myself and getting rid of all the things that... I was layering on top of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that a lot of the anxiety and for me, a big one has always just been very depressive moments in my life. I go through depression a lot. And, and so the anxiety and the depression comes from being out of alignment. And so the more that you can learn the right strategies and that authority within you, then the easier it's going to become because it's always about awareness, just awareness of these things. And, and I love that you're using your anxiety as kind of that, that radar detector of, well, where am I off then? Like what is causing the anxiety and how can I use this as a moment of clarity? And that's been a big thing for me is, is using the anxiety or the depression or whatever it might be for me, a big one is procrastination. And I had a session recently with a a psychic and she was saying that 
that procrastination is, is literally just there to help me understand, like, am I operating from my place of power or am I operating from a place of, you know, all those external things. And so just making sure that you are, are living for you and living because of you and what you want and knowing that this life truly is about you being of service and you cannot be of service if you are not operating from your true and highest self. So that's, I love that you're a fellow generator. And I think that we live in a time where that's probably why generators are the majority of the population, because we need all these generators to help continue to, you know, spread that love, that empathy, that support, and that energy to help the momentum of of humanity moving forward. Yeah. And and that is true. Like, because I recently when someone was like, why are reflectors only 1% of the population if they're the mirrors? And I'm like, because that's where they're needed. We only need, you know, 1% of the population is still 1% of a billion people, yeah, still a lot of people. Yeah. But, um, you know, generators are really like the builders and the doers and we need people to sustain and build society. And, and, but if we do it from an intuitive place, it becomes a lot more sustainable than perhaps like seeing what's happening in the world right now. A lot of our structures falling apart because they weren't done in a sustainable way in an intuitive way. And so now we're, you know, it's about kind of like being a generator and we kind of have this, um, chance to, to do it the right way and we can Mm -hmm. build it the right things moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. And learning how to respond in the right way, I feel like is something that I'll have to work on, like responding in the most appropriate way, because I think it can be somewhat of a, um, a negative trait as well. Sometimes I realize where I'm like, honestly, like all I want to do is respond. If someone tells me something, I'm like, how can I help? How can I fix it? And sometimes you have to like, let people be in that space for themselves as well. It's not always someone asking for help. They're just wanting to to tell you and to talk with you and to have you hold space for them. And so there's probably some different strengths and weaknesses as well involved, which that would be a whole nother conversation we can talk about next time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Leah, so much. I appreciate your time and this wealth of information that you just provided. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait to continue on this human design journey and for everyone listening to learn more and, and thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure and I'm happy to talk more about it and work with anyone who's listening. I also just launched a podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's the design of you, the podcast. (laughs) So feel free to check that out if you want to learn a little bit more, but absolutely. Oh, so cool. Awesome. Awesome. We'll have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got just as much out of that interview as I did. It was just so fascinating to me. I am so excited to learn more about human design and see where it takes me. And if you haven't already, make sure again to go to the designofyou.com, get your free chart that tells you what your energy and design type is. And you might even want to book a, a reading with Leah. I know that I am going to schedule one here really soon and I'll share a little bit more about that in a future episode. And if you would like to follow Leah on Instagram, she has a really informative and fun page. You can just find that at the design of you. And so go out there today, guys, just using this information, using your truth, using your power to live a life that is authentic to you and that is full and fulfilling. And just remember, as always, that there is so much power to be found through healing.